Welcome to the Marketing Clarity Podcast, the show that just bought a hoop for the pool and cannot wait to try it out this weekend. I'm Ross Erosion, a marketing and content coach that works with small business marketers, solopreneurs, and content creators to create their actionable, customized marketing and content plan. Learn more about it, getmarketingclarity.com. In this episode, I'm coming to you with a really, really cool report called Retail Disrupted, What Shoppers Want from Brands Today, put together by the Big Eye Agency. So, you know, I have my own company, but I certainly am not uh, staffed enough to do these giant type of reports and analysis. Well, Big Eye is, and I wanted to bring this to you because there are Just some juicy, juicy, mind-blowing, shocking, insightful, interesting findings inside this report. I'm going to bring you my uh, top 10 in no particular order. Well, actually, the per order is actually just the order that they were in (laughs) in the report. So that's what we're going to do. So 10 really great insights as far as this giant study and survey they did about what customers want from brands when it comes to retail. Now, I know many of you out there, a lot of my listeners, a lot of my clients are actual kind of service providers as opposed to product providers, but I still think there's stuff here that um, could have some takeaways for you, okay? So I wouldn't say just because if you're a service provider, Don't necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater on this episode. If you do sell a product or you have a brick and mortar, this is a great listen for you. I will also link to uh, the report in the description so that you can download the full thing yourself if you're interested. Okay, let's start with uh, number one thing of interest. And it's that given the option, most consumers prefer to shop in store. This was really surprising to me. I mean, I really thought that, you know, post COVID, post all that stuff, that that the the pendulum, you know, kind of stayed on the online mostly, not exclusively, but mostly. But no, I mean, maybe this actually is a side effect of COVID because people are itching to get back into the stores. Now, they break this down by product categories in the full report. And and the two largest, two or three largest categories where people very much majority prefer to shop in store. Food and drink, which which, yeah, I get that. Furniture and housewares, definitely get that. You know, like I, I just recently bought a new bed and even though I know that these online bed companies, Purple and Casper and all that stuff have come a long way, I was still even a little bit gun shy. And I think you can also know that because a lot of these brands have started putting their mattresses in these brick and mortars so that people can try them out, right? The next highest category was beauty, grooming, and personal care. So, you know, I think if you're in these these particular verticals, it's good to know that there's a strong preference towards 
the in-store. Takeaway number two, nine in 10 shoppers want to interact with products in-store, okay? And I think this is a very difficult spot for retail where it's like, how do you compare or how do you compete with the vast um, inventory, endless inventory of internet versus a brick and mortar, okay? Now, this is, however, you know, a place that 58% of the audience said to a great extent, they want the ability to see, touch, feel, smell, hear, and try on a product, right? So this is something where being able to interact with a product is a, of a great importance to them. So I can say if, even though you may not be able to, I get it, like fully compete with the um, uh, quantity of, of availability on the internet, I feel like if you're brick and mortar, what you do have, you need to make it possible for the consumer to interact with it, right? And so maybe that means, you know, those most popular items, right? Um, may, and, and maybe those or those, those items that candidly maybe have the best margins for you. Making sure that someone has the ability to touch, feel, smell, hear, or try them on is critically important. Big takeaway number three from the Retail Disrupted report by Big Eye, for a majority of shoppers, customer service is key. And I think, sadly, this is a huge shortcoming of retail, right? I cannot tell you how many completely crappy experiences I've had in store. And it's like, as terrible as online customer service is, you know, with chats or things like that, or maybe even through social media, I feel like while it may be a little extra work, oftentimes my questions get answered or the problems get remedied more so than dealing with a human in a lot of stores, which that's just not how it should be. That's not how it should be. And so this is a place where, you know, retail really needs to step up when it comes to, you know, the knowledge, the training, the helpfulness of the people that you have in a physical store. Because how many times have you been so turned off by, you know, a customer service experience that you're just like, okay, screw this. I'll just get it online, you know? And I think that's the other thing too, which does drive me a little bit crazy right now and has been like this for the last several years is if a retail place does not have something in stock, they go, oh, well, we can order it online for you. It's like, yeah, listen, I am aware that the internet exists. I also have access to the internet. I can literally order this on Amazon as I sit here talking to you. There is some specific reason why I came into the store versus getting it online. I am aware of the internet. Thank you. And why? Why would I have you order it only for you to be the middleman when I could just have it directly delivered to my house? So this is 
obviously I'm going off on a tangent here, but I feel like this is a place where retail, if you are a retail place that offers or has the ability to, oh, we can order that online for you. I think what they should be doing is providing some extra incentive to doing that. Hey, we can order this online for you. And if you let us do that, we'll also give you, you know, a 15, 20, $25, whatever gift card for in store. Right? So like, I think about this, my mother-in-law has been doing a lot of like gardening and things like that. And so she's been going to Lowe's a lot. And this is something they've been so many terrible customer service stories, but they offer those things. And it's like, okay, if they had maybe offered to order it for that exact thing for her and then thrown in like a gift card because she's doing so much garden, like that is something I think she might've bought like bit on. But if it is like, Oh, we can order it online. Yeah. I'm a, so can I. Like, I know how the internet works, okay? I could do this before I even leave this aisle. I could order it myself, okay? So this may not be exactly related to customer service, but I do feel like it's tied to the solution of the shortcoming of retail. Another big takeaway from this report is that Gen Z and Hispanic consumers are most likely to notice store visuals, okay? So that's a very interesting thing to learn is that you have those two uh, demographics, which are, again, the most likely to actually notice signage, things that you may be putting up in the store, that kind of thing. So I'm not saying necessarily that you need to lean very heavy into that, but I do think it may be, you know, let it inform, not dictate your behavior, right? So in-store signage, maybe you should direct that towards, you know, products that are um, uh, bought or targeting or relevant or interesting or desired by Gen Z and Hispanic consumers, right? I think that's something where uh, it may be worth trying knowing that this data exists, right? That these are the two demos that pay attention to that type of thing. Takeaway number five is that entertainment and unique in-store experiences really entice shoppers, right? And I think this is framed also around department stores, but I don't think it's necessarily exclusive to them. But the top thing that, you know, people responded that department stores should do to entice people to shop in their stores rather than buy online, provide unique in-store experiences and entertainment was 31%. And the next one, which I feel like if you're not doing this, is, I mean, you've been missing out on business forever. Enable me to select items, pay via an app and leave without going to a cashier. Now, this is something they do at Disney. Now, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to sit here and be like, listen, just duh, do what Disney does. Like, it's so easy. But like this... It is a game changer. And now, you know, Disney stores, Disney parks are maybe 
a hundred times more packed than, than your business may be. But, you know, the ability to add stuff via their app to a cart, pay on my phone, and then I just show it to someone when I leave, I, I mean, it saves me so much time in lines and things like that. So I think this may also be very generational, right? The ability to candidly just, I know what I want or whatever. I just want to pay. I don't want to interact with people. Kind of counter to the customer service thing, but it might be related because if they're so used to customer service being so shitty, then why wouldn't you, of course, not want to interact with them? Right. <laughs> so I think this is a very interesting one. I understand that this is a potentially labor intensive one because you'd have to figure out that app inventory structure, that type of thing. But a lot of times I believe, you know, if you use probably like a square or, um, or something like that, they probably offer this, this type of service. You know, now you may not be doing enough volume. Again, the context here is that this is for department stores that do tons of volume, right? So this may just be a, huh, that's interesting. Maybe one day I can work on it. But um, I think the takeaway here is just how can you integrate technology in ways that make it easier, better, a better shopping experience? The sixth takeaway from this report, I mean, this report is beefy also. Again, guys, we're breaking down the retail disrupted report from Big Eye. Um, I loved reading this. It's so detailed. There's so much to it. And again, I'll link to it in the description so you can, um, you know, give them your email and get the full report. I'm not going to cheat them on getting your email, um, but I, I, it's, a, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's a great report. Nine in 10 followers have purchase based on an influencer, okay? So this is something that speaks obviously to the power of online influencers. Um, the biggest percentage here is in the 25 to 39 age group. And they indicated that they've purchased something that was reviewed, used, or recommended by an influencer two to five times, 57% of the audience of the 25 to 39 year olds said they've purchased something two to five times from an, that was recommended, reviewed, shown by an influencer. Now, influencer marketing um, uh, can be scary. It can also, um, you know, be maybe something that you've not done before. You know, you don't have to make, you know, the, the first influencer you work with doesn't have to be the one with 10 bajillion followers. You know, there are local um, influencers that candidly you can probably just find, maybe even you follow in your city, in your community that you could reach out to and see if they'd be willing to work with you. You know, this is something I've designed for a handful of clients is what do those packages look like, right? It could be just a product trade. Maybe there's monetary, right? The one thing I would stress, obviously, is just make sure that you have a contract. Do I have to say this? I don't know how many people I work with. Some loosey-goosey thing is like, please, for the love of God, 
have a contract when you're working with an influencer, okay? Like, so that you understand exactly what you're gonna get and they understand what they're supposed to deliver and what they're gonna get. Um, but influencers very clearly are moving the needle. And, um, you know, if you're thinking, oh, well, of course, you know, in the 25 to 39, well, then the, the 40 to 55 also surprisingly has large numbers on actually making purchases based on influencers. Doubling down on kind of the influencer thing, um, another really interesting finding in this report was that a majority of consumers share influenced purchases with their social networks. So not only do they buy something that an influencer maybe reviews, shares, goes through, but then they then share the product, service, whatever on their own social. So there is this magnification, if you will, of promotion, right? This, this, this thing where it's like, okay, you have an influencer doing it and the person that buys it and they do it. Like you can potentially get a lot of juice for the squeeze of working with the right influencer, right? Because then even the non-influencer, but person who clearly is on social, they would share, say, hey, I'm really happy with this product. Or sometimes it can be a vanity thing, shocker, just to show that, hey, I bought this and, it, and you know, this influencer talked about it. You know, there's this, that show the connection aspect to it. But at the end of the day, I don't know if that really matters. What really matters here is understanding that there is a certain amount of pride, I guess, that comes with um, an enthusiasm that comes with purchasing a product that an influencer has led someone to buy. Getting into some of the social media channels when it relates to kind of retail, Facebook and YouTube are the most popular media for discovery. Um, now, TikTok is nipping at the tail or nipping at their heels, but you know, surprisingly, three in five Gen Y respondents use Facebook for brand discovery, you know, making them the generation likely to do so. But Gen Z, two thirds use Instagram for brand discovery, 67% of them, 63% use YouTube, and well over half at 56% use TikTok. So like I said, TikTok is, is up there, right? So if you have a product or a service, this is good for you to know if you're trying to prioritize where to spend your time and where to create content. Facebook and YouTube, okay? So, um, those, that doesn't surprise me, um, but it also does not surprise me that TikTok is nipping at the heels. Um, and I think you kind of see a, for now, it's kind of an even, close to even, you know, um, with Instagram up there too. We'll see what happens uh, with Instagram as they update their, you know, as I said during record this in February, 2023, what happens when they update their algorithm? What happens, obviously, long-term with TikTok? Um, that kind of thing. Um, but Facebook, YouTube, those are great channels, uh, the top channels for 
discovery of products and services. Takeaway number nine, Gen Z is most likely to engage in what's called the circular economy. So these are things that are pre-owned, right? Uh, or even donated, right? Whether they are buying or selling, um, that category of Gen Z most likely to use that, okay? So if you are a business that takes advantage of this, does used, makes, you know, either sells used, uh, offers used products, um, maybe pre-owned, that kind of thing, um, knowing that that is a key buyer, I think should be something that is very important when it comes to even your marketing and messaging. I think everyone wants to very quickly be like, oh, this, that's only what old people do. It's not the case. It's not the case. This very much shows that, you know, buying things even on eBay or from thrift stores or pre-owned is, is, is a young person's game too. And finally, my 10th takeaway from the Retail Disrupted Report put together by Big Eye Agency. Uh, link will be in the description for this episode. You can probably also just head on over to Big Eye, BigEyeAgency.com to grab it. Generational influences on brand choices. With Gen Z, 48% of them think that whether the packaging is made from sustainable materials or can be recycled, upcycled, is extremely or very important. Okay. This one hits me. I am not Gen Z, but I hate excessive packaging. I really do. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that it would completely dissuade me from purchasing, but it kind of pisses me off when um, there's excessive non-recyclable packaging. You may have heard me rant about this on a previous episode, having recently moved uh, to Florida and now have Publix as our shopping, as our grocery store. I don't know why, but Publix is really obsessed with wrapping every freaking thing in plastic, right? And that includes produce. Oh, you want a zucchini? Here, let's wrap it in plastic for you. You want an apple? Here, let's wrap it in plastic for you. Enough with the microplastics, for the love of God. It's the pits. You know, so now Gen Y think brands, policies, and stances related to the environment and sustainability are extremely or very important, okay? So if Gen Y is a group you're looking to go after, then brand policy, you know, being putting front and center environmental sustainability would be a very wise move for you, okay? And finally, Gen X thinks that whether a brand is based or manufactures its products in the USA is extremely or very important. 46% of them believe that to be true. Made in the USA, baby. It's very important to Gen X. Less important to the other generations. Okay? So I think this just speaks to an alignment and maybe even a how, how um, visible you make your respective product um, 
features on packaging, in messaging, that kind of thing, right? Um, and by no means do you have to exclusively do, you know, oh, you know, we only want to talk about environmental, that kind of thing, but understanding kind of which issues align, um, you know, not exclusively, but to a greater extent with different generations, I think is a really important and uh, valuable thing. Well, I hope you got a lot out of this episode. Again, these were just 10 of like, I probably could have kept going, of some really interesting retail uh, findings from the Retail Disrupted What Shoppers Want from Brands Today, put together by Big Eye Agency. There'll be a link in the description so you can uh, grab that for yourself. Um, as always, I appreciate you listening. And if this is your first episode, please consider subscribing wherever it is that you listen to this podcast. And if you found this particularly uh, valuable, insightful, or maybe know someone that would, hey, share this episode. Oh, that's really nice. So until next time, I am Ross Herosian, and I encourage you to keep pedaling.